Blog Talk Radio. Today is Victoria Day. In Canada, it celebrates the birthdays of Queen Victoria and Queen Elizabeth II. It was established as a holiday in 1845 in Canada West, in what we now know as Ontario, and it became a national holiday in 1901. It is interesting to note, however, that the Atlantic provinces don't take part in the national holidays. In the 1890s, it was known as Empire Day because of the high enthusiasm for the British Empire. Then, when the Empire became the Commonwealth, it was known as the Commonwealth Day in the mid-20th century. Commonwealth Day was moved in 1977, but Canadians still celebrate Victoria Day in the month of May. Many people don't celebrate Victoria Day with a lot of hoopla like other holidays. It's rather low-key, but they do... Hi, my name is Nick from the Marlins Catch Podcast. Make sure to follow us at Marlins Catch on Twitter and Instagram. For more Marlins content, check out our website at themarlinscatch.com. The Marlins Catch Podcast is sponsored by the Baseball Podcast Network, and you can follow the Baseball Podcast Network on following platforms. Instagram, Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, Baseball Podcast One, without the T. YouTube and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. You can listen to the Marlins Catch Podcast live on blogtalkradio.com or download the Marlins Catch Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Enjoy the show. Gracias. What's going on, guys, and welcome back to the Marlins Catch Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Simicini, joined here by Lissandra Tomizo. What's up, guys? Uh, Lissandra here. Hope you guys are all doing good. Hope you enjoy the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, before we really get into the Marlins Catch uh, Podcast today, we actually have some news regarding the future of the Marlins Catch Podcast. Um, I don't know if many of you guys know this, but Baseball Podcast Network, the program we are currently on right now is expanding as we will be getting a ton of new uh, team representatives to be making a podcast, and we'll be moving over to um, a different website uh, soon, uh, very, very soon, um, next month um, earliest. And um, unfortunately, um, this will be um, – it will only be solo for, from now on. Not this episode, not next episode, but the episode after. Um, Lissandra will no longer be on the network here due to the um, plans moving forward with Baseball Podcast Network and everything else. And as we are expanding and moving over to that website, there will be a lot more information on my Instagram and everything else. But just to get you guys into the loop, really, uh, let's... um, you know, the future of the Mullins catch will only be one host moving forward. And, um, yeah, so uh, I just want Lissandro to really come on here and talk about what the Mullins catch has done for him, um, what he's liked about it, the experiences, and uh, how much he really uh, loves to talk on here. Uh, thanks, Nick. Um, the Martin's Catch podcast has been, like, one of the best things that's happened uh, to me, when I when I started this account, I never thought I would ever be doing a a podcast talking about the Marlins. Um, but I'm very grateful for the opportunity that that you that you gave me, as well as our producer Benson. I'm very grateful for the, for the opportunity you guys gave me, and I will always support this um, this podcast and will listen to all your shows and. I again want to thank you guys so much for giving me the opportunity to do this. It's been an unbelievable experience for me. Yeah, yeah, we're all definitely on here going to miss Lissandro. Um, you know, he was handpicked uh, by us here to come on the podcast here, and we really um, just saw the, the talent and the knowledge about Mullins baseball with uh, Lissandro. So we're really excited to have him finish out this month strong and. You know, we're really, really going to miss Lissandro on here. But he, you know, he, he still got his Instagram page over there at the Mullins Universe. Make sure to head over there with some really, really good contact, uh, content from him. And um, maybe we just wish Lissandro the best moving forward. And remember, this is not the last episode with him. He will be on next week. So, yeah, this the future of the Mullins catch is really what we are breaking down right there. All right. So let's actually get into the show now. Uh, enough with that. 
over there. Uh, we still got a show to do with Sandra today, so we're going to get it done for you guys. Um, let's talk about the weekly awards. Now, you guys know that we do this every week. Uh, based on the performance by one pitcher and one batter, this whole week we do an award thing for them. And we are going to start off with the pitchers. And really, this is really a no-brainer. It took me literally no second, not, no time to think about this. It obviously has to go to Sandy off the car for me. Pitching his first career complete game, nine innings pitch, only letting up two hits, one walk, and that's a big key because he's been walking a lot of guys, and eight strikeouts. Pitched a complete game shutout against the New York Mets, absolutely dominating them, and only finished with 89 pitches. Nine innings pitch, 89 pitches total. He was working – he was going – he was, you saw a much more aggressive Sandy Alcantara in that outing against the New York Mets. I was very, very pleased on that. Super, super happy. I'm very, very pr- um, proud of Sandy Alcantara for that because he's kind of the guy we were relying on, especially in that Ozuna trade. So seeing that from Sandy really just made me feel so good, and just seeing him work like that was a great, great performance, pitching that complete game shutout. So Sandy Alcantara, my man, you're getting it this week. Yeah, Nick, that performance by Sandy Alcantara was was absolutely phenomenal. Very, it was very nice to see him against a, a a solid lineup like the Mets that we haven't had good history with them this year. Um, that was a phenomenal performance by him. But to be honest, this this whole week we've seen phenomenal pitching from Urania to to Pablo Lopez and and Caleb Smith. But I got to give mine well, to Pablo Lopez due to the fact that last week he had his worst career game ever, only going three innings, allowing, I believe, like 10 runs. And it was just, it was, it was horrible. It was actually against the Mets, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm corrected. It was against the Mets. And he came out on Saturday and pitched seven innings and only allowed one hit. That was, to me, just the way he bounced back against the against the the match was just was just phenomenal. And on top of that, he got seven strikeouts, um, and he only allowed two walks, zero runs. Like I said, one hit. It was a, but like an absolutely amazing to see Pablo Lopez bounce back from. Like I said, I think it was his worst career game ever. So that was that was really good to see from from Pablo Lopez. Just that bounce back. Yeah. Um, no. Again, Alessandro, I, I know you probably would have picked uh, Sandy Alcantara for this week as well. I know we were talking earlier, but you know we like to change it up for you guys and have two different uh, opinions on that. But yeah, Pablo Lopez was definitely uh, had a fantastic outing, and both Sandy and Pablo both looked to be really good pieces for the future. Um, yeah, against the Mets and you know, shutting out the Mets back-to-back games. We'll get into that more in a little bit. But, you know, going seven innings, only running up one hit and zero in runs with only two walks. Pablo Lopez brought his ERA down from 593 to 506 in that one start. And, that's what we were, and that was really, really good to see. They bring that ERA way, way down. And same with Sandy Alcantara bringing his ERA, ERA very, very far down, going from 5.11 to 425. Now, Sandy Alcantara, again, I really want to see more of this from him. I know Caleb Smith's pitching tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, a great job of both of those young guys. Pablo being 23 years old, um, able to do that, and Sandy Alcantara being 23 as well, um, seeing a big, big thing from them. And to the batter, I am going to have to go with Neil Walker this week, currently batting 293 with an OBP of 374. And OPS of 805. Neil Walker is absolutely doing fantastic for the fish. And his last seven games, batting 346. Um, and he's just been really, really good for a really, really solid player. Picking up a lot of hits um, in the games and getting nine hits in his last seven games. Uh, very, very impressive. Neil Walker gets it for me, and he's really been carrying this offense the whole season. Yeah, Nick. Um, I I chose. I remember last week I chose Neil Walker, and he came back this week and just like kept his his streak going. He 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 got on base more. Like he's these past two weeks, Neil Walker's definitely been proving himself uh, to that veteran piece, to that that key piece in our lineup. 
and it, and it showed uh, this week. Um, but I got a good mind to uh, Garrett Cooper, actually. Garrett Cooper, um, I, I choose Garrett Cooper because I guess you could say this is his first full week back in baseball uh, from dealing from so many injuries these past two years. And he looked he looked really good uh, overall. He had he scored one. He he got four hits. He drew two walks. He had uh, drew two walks and he had two RBIs, which was for me uh, pretty was pretty solid by Garrett Cooper, especially like I said with all that injuries he's battling. So I gotta give mine to Garrett Cooper. Mhm. Yeah, you definitely saw a really good thing uh, from him. Uh, Gary Cooper, and especially getting back from the injury. I know the average isn't all there yet. Um, but, you know, I, I, I want to see a loss of Cooper, um, you know, only batting 148 this season. But, again, he just got back from injury. Uh, so, again, more of a break, um, having four hits in his last seven games. Um, yeah, so Cooper coming back from the injury is also a big thing for him, too. Uh, he keeps getting injured. He can't stay in the field, unfortunately. Hopefully that changes uh, now. And... Um, so, you know, it would just be really good to have a healthy guy in him and so he can be ready to go for the rest of the season moving forward. And, uh, okay, and now let's get into the mailbag. I put it on my story today. You guys asked some questions. It's fine to put it on his Instagram story as well. Um, if you haven't, uh, make sure to head over to Mullins, double underscore news for mine and the Mullins universe for Los Angeles. So we're going to cue Benson in here, and we are going to get ready to go on this. All right, guys, first question is from Gavin. Who's the best pitcher for the club? Easily, I will have to go to Caleb Smith. You've been seeing him dominate um, this rotation, actually getting some uh, worldwide attention now You know, with ESPN and all that, having himself with a 2.25 uh, ERA, um, absolutely pitching fantastic. Um, it's regular season. Only having three wins, that's due to the club not being able to produce runs on the board form, uh, but his whip is under just under uh, one. So he's got 64 strikeouts in 48 innings. Caleb Smith, 2.20. He's racking up strikeouts left and right. Um, he's pitching fantastic for the fish, and it's easily Caleb Smith's uh, best pitcher. Cassandra? Yeah, Nick. Uh, I don't think there's any argument um, or any disagreement, I guess I can say, with that choice, Caleb Smith has definitely been our best pitcher this year. Um, like I guess he was last year until we got injured. Um, so Caleb Smith, like you said, sadly only has three wins. Um, but overall, like his stuff this year has just been nasty, and I don't I don't see anybody else right now competing for for that name of best pitcher right now. All right, next question is from uh, Clifton. Do you think the Marlins will eventually make the playoffs? Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the reason we are doing this rebuild is to make the playoffs eventually in the future. So, yeah, easily we will be making the playoffs. Uh, I don't see it soon. Maybe in the 2020s we start getting making the push. But, yeah, of course, we'll, we'll make the playoffs uh, eventually, yeah. Yeah, um, I I definitely believe that I definitely believe in this uh, rebuild that Derek Jeter is doing. Um, the Marlins are looking, especially with pitching this year, are looking very promising to 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 be a, a really good rotation in the future, and I think that's one of the keys to making the playoffs. So I give it around two years around like twenty twenty one maybe that the fish will 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 get their their playoff uh contention, I believe. Next question. Yeah. Sorry. All right, question is from Gavin. Do you see wild card potential for us this year? Um this year no. Um Way too far down to even get back at this point, having only 13 total wins on the season. Maybe, um, you know, we hopefully 
can try to avoid 100 losses this year, but really we're in a deep rebuild. There's no way we're even going to have a winning record this year. Talk about wild cards. So, no, I do not see a wild card first this season. Yeah, I got to I gotta agree with you there again, um, Nick. I really – how this season's going and looking, I really don't think the Fish will, will, will be able to, to get a wild card spot or even be in the talks for a wild card spot this year, especially this year. Say how our batting has been very inconsistent. So, so no, no, I don't think the Marlins can get a wild card spot. Our last question is from Joey. What is the best Marlins trade piece at the deadline? Hmm, to trade, um, most likely get. I gotta say, Stalin Castro. Um, if we're gonna trade anybody, I think we should trade him, and it, it won't. He won't be cheap. Um, and no, he won't be super super expensive either, due to the way he's been playing this season. But I think our most expensive player will be Stalin Castro. Sandra? Um, I do agree that our most expensive player would be Stalin Castro to trade. But I believe that the key piece or like the player will most likely trade in this um off in this trade deadline will actually be Sergio Romo, who we signed this off season, because I believe that's what a lot of contenders um, are looking for bullpen pitchers, and I, I really, I really, I don't, I, I wouldn't want him to leave, but I really do believe that Sergio will be creating the deadline for for prospects to a contending team. Mm-hmm. All right, thank you, Benson, for the um, the questions there. Remember, head over to both of our Instagrams there to put in some questions for next week's episode of the Marlins Catch, and it will also be. Um, on draft night. So we will be breakdowning a lot of stuff to draft next week on Monday and a little bit at the end of the show today. So let's move on to the weekly recap. But before we get there, we are going to go into a small break here, guys, and we'll be back right after this. Tune in this Tuesday to FanCast. Our host will be breaking down the latest on all things Philadelphia Phillies and looking at their first place run this far into the 2019 season. We'll be looking at Bryce Harper heating up at the plate, Aaron Nola seeming to find his groove, and how friend of the show Cole Irvin has reformed in his 2019 stint. We're looking ahead at all future matchups and how the Phillies are shaping themselves for a potential 2019 playoff run. All this and more on FanCast. Guys, we are back. Okay, guys, we are back here from the, uh, the break here. Um, and so, yeah, let's talk about the weekly recap um, of the Marlins right now. So what I'm going to do is, you guys know the drill, I'm just going to go in and say the, uh, the scores of the recap and uh, just how we played during those games. So Monday we were postponed uh, to August um, due to rain out. So Tuesday we uh, took on the Rays. We lost 4 nothing. Wednesday we took on the Rays as well, and we lost 1 nothing. And then we were off Thursday. So Friday, we took on the Mets. 8-6 to six we won. We were at home. Saturday, a shutout. Again, 2 nothing. All right? And then Sunday, of course, which was yesterday, a huge day from Sandy Alcantara. The Fish win 3 nothing. So in that Tampa Bay Race series, uh, we didn't look too good. Um, the bats weren't really uh, up to par, in my opinion, getting shut out by them in, in both games. But to come back like that against the Mets is perfect. Um, like that, you know, going against the Mets, it was really, really good to do that, especially being a division rival. But we actually do have a caller on the other line. I know this is George again from Parkland, the uh, Mets fan there. So we're going to come cue him in here, and we're going to make some fun of the Mets right now being swept by the uh, fifth team in the NL East. So we're going to cue George in here. Hey, boys, how's everything going? <laughs> how's it going, George? Uh, I'm assuming uh, not too good being a Mets fan. <laughs> oh, oh, rub it in, guys, rub it in. You know, all <laughs> I kept thinking about over the weekend was Lisandro talking about how, how you know, at the beginning of the year when, when we faced you guys, how you guys, how the Marlins are going to take two out of three from the Mets. And, you know, <laughs> Lisandro, I had, to, I had to make a little bit of fun of you there. And, 
you know what? Looks like I'm the one getting you. You guys are getting the last laugh on me because you guys swept us this weekend. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah, um, just you know, again, it was great pitching by Sandy and everything else. But um, you know, George um, must also be terrible um, bad with the, you know the news of me on Cespedes as well um, going on the uh, IL again and staying there long term with a broken ankle, but. Um, what did you see from that series, George, that you think the that made the Marlins look pretty decent in that series? Oh, without, without a doubt. I mean, you know, your pitching definitely, you know, um, outbattled our our hitting. Um, you know, and, and, and our hitting hasn't been too good to begin with. But, you know, I think that's the one bright spot for the Marlins this year is that you do have, you know, some 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 good pitching there, you know, to, to kind of build off of. I think, you know, you're still going to have your challenges on the offensive side, but um, you know I think your pitching definitely is 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 become a bright spot, and you know it definitely won the battle of the weekend. So um, that that's one thing that I think you guys can you know can can hold your heads up high about. But you know I know that you guys are big Marlins fans. I just got to you know chime in a little bit. My Mets I think are in a little bit of disarray. I, I mean I called in a couple of weeks ago talking about how you know Don Mattingly could be on the hot seat. And it looks like, you know, the, the Mets uh, Callaway, you know, is, is, is got his own issues. So, you know, and, and you know, nothing, you know, to, to come up short, you know, not, 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 you know, sweep, but to get swept by, you know, a young Marlins team. Ooh, it's a telltale sign about, uh, you know, the state of the Mets right now. So, but hey, congratulations to you guys for, for, for winning that uh, series, you know, and, and, and playing as well as you did. I think the pitching is definitely it. You still got your challenges, you know, um, offensively, but, you know, um, definitely it's a, it's a bright spot for you guys right now, holding your heads up high. Yeah, thank you, uh, George, um, for those uh, words there. I know it was pretty hard being a Mets fan. Um, and, of course, the Mickey Callaway rumors here. But, Lissandro, um, I know you uh, and George banter um, a little back and forth here, but um, what, what could you be saying right now to Mets fans following that series? Yeah, George. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. I was extremely surprised. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Anyone here? I I was extremely surprised that we we pulled off, especially a sweep. Since uh, I believe the last time we did it was in, in 2017. Uh, I mm-hmm. was extremely surprised against how we played against DeGrom and, and Syndergaard and Max, uh, I I expected our pitching to, to be solid, but I did not um I did not expect our batting to go off like it did. Um so that's that's that was really good to see from the fish. Um I know it must be hard for you. Um especially now with like you don't know about Mickey Calloway is he's the right manager for the job or not. But I, I I wish you guys the best um, in, your, in the rest of the season. Just not against the Marlins. I really I really hope you guys go go far into the to the playoffs. It's hard to say yeah. to a Mets fan there. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I, um, I I'd rather it be the Mets than the Phillies. To be honest with you. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that, Lissandro and, 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 and Nick. I mean, you know, like I said, it's, it's painful having to call in, but, you know, I, I, I owe it to you guys because you guys are pretty faithful when, and, 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 you know, um, you know, for, for the, you know, as, as far as, you know, Marlins fans go and, uh, you know, I, I've, 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 uh, I've given you guys a little bit back and forth and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you guys, you know, to eat a little crow today, boys. So congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, George. Thank you for being a good sport about that. Yeah, yeah, no, thanks, man. Hey, well, I'll let you guys go, but I just wanted to chime in, boys. All right, all right, George, thank you so much for calling in. Good thing. Take care. All right. All right, guys, that was just George who called in. Uh, being the Mets fan he is, I know it was a little hard for him to uh, do that. Um, but, yeah, you know, of course, we uh, respect that. You know, we're, I guess, you know, we're all rivals here. It was just nice for him to call in. Thank you, George, for calling in there. Uh, the usual coming on here. Always great to talk with him on the podcast. All right. So, yeah, going back to the weekly stuff, uh, with the, uh, going with the Mets and everything else, uh, just really 
a great series. We played against them. We really played up to par. And Lissandro, I know you're very happy with that, but um, you know, I'm and again just really good signs there. And then the race series was something that we're going to forget about. Currently sitting at 13 31. Always room for improvement. So let's just look forward to the bright to the brights about the how the how the Marlins played today. And um, yeah. So before we get into the next topic, which will be the um, series ahead, we will head into another uh, small break here on the Marlins Catch. Remember, this is an hour podcast today, guys. So relax, get comfortable, and uh, we'll see you right after the break. Hey, everyone. Tune in to Pinstripe Talk this Wednesday at 5. We go over everything going on in the world of your New York Yankees. We talk about the Yankees' injuries and who's coming back, who's coming back when, and how they'll impact the team going forward. We talk about guys like Aaron Hicks, who had his first home run yesterday, and Miguel Andujar, who's out for the season. How do these injuries impact the season? And James Paxton and Tanaka's ankle? How this all affects the team going forward. We talk about everything you want to hear in the world of the New York Yankees. Don't forget to tune in. This Wednesday at 5 p.m., we go over everything you want to hear from us, Yankee fans, for you, Yankee fans. So tune in this Wednesday at 5 o'clock to Pinstripe Talk. Be there, Yankee fans. I always like that guy doing that. <laughs> but, yeah, we are back here on the Mullen Sketch Podcast, and we're going to talk about the uh, schedule going forward here for the, your Miami Marlins. Okay. So they are off today, as you guys know, but tomorrow they're actually headed up to Comerica Park, and they are in Detroit, uh, Michigan. So they will be taking on the Tigers in a three-game series um, tomorrow and Wednesday are at 7, and then Thursday's game is at 1, 10 p.m. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and Monday, they will be taking on the Washington Nationals up in Nationals Park for that series, and then after that, the next week after, they take on the Giants down here in Miami. But, yeah, an interesting series coming up here for the Marlins, and going against the Tigers, an AL team, rare to see. Uh, Lissandra, what do you think we could do uh, in that series? you think we're going to defeat the Tigers? And if we do, and how many games do you think um, we will win the series? What do you think? Nick, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be optimistic. I think I know for sure. I have a strong feeling. Uh, we definitely can beat the, the the Tigers. I take two two games at least. But since we're coming off this this good weekend, I I'm gonna say I think we could sweep the the Tigers. To be honest with you, if our pitching plays again or bats show up again. I really, really think we can sweep the the Detroit Tigers. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, three in series against the Tigers again. They're they're kind of in a rebuilding stage, um, just like us. So um, you know, beating them would feel really nice uh, for us. And um, you know, it's going to be a tough. Se- I mean, they're an AL team. You rarely see them, so you don't have much on them. Uh, you, you don't you rarely see the Detroit Tigers play, but uh, I feel like it's going to be an interesting series for the Miami Marlins. Hopefully, we can get it done in that series for the for the uh, Miami Marlins. And Tuesday, the probable uh, will be Caleb Smith versus um, versus uh, Spencer Turnbull. Uh, that'll be an interesting game, especially with Caleb Smith going that day. And then Wednesday will be Jose Urania pitching. Coming off a pretty nice uh, outing against Daniel Norris. And then Thursday, it'll be Trevor Richards on the mound going one-on-one with Matthew Boyd in that series. And then well, Friday's game is probable is to be determined, in fact, with the Nationals, so we don't go that far. So, uh, yeah, that series against the Nationals is a long four-game series up in Nationals Park. Lissandra, how many games do you think we can take out of that series? Now, Nick, um... I won't be as optimistic as I was when saying about the Tigers. Um, the Nationals are a very solid team, even without Bryce Harper. I still think the Nationals are a very strong team. That pitching is 
one of the best in the league, in my opinion, top five at most. That bullpen and the rotation is is really solid. That you have no idea. I mean, you do, but um, <laughs> I think we can take we can split the series with the Nationals. I honestly, I know it's just not that easy up there in Washington, but again. I think this is going to be my answer for every every one of these um, questions. If if the Marlins bats are there, we have a chance of winning. Like our bats are very inconsistent. Like we can get like twelve hits a game, and then we can go games where we get we can barely get five. That it's uh, that's uh, been the story of this of this season. This early part of the season, the the pitching has been there, but the batting hasn't. That that's the problem. But I think we can take two, at least two, from this four game series. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be a tough series here um, against them, and uh, hopefully we are uh, ready to go. Um, you know, the Nationals having some young pieces, and we really uh, haven't played the Nationals. At all series, so this is, uh, this um, time, so um, you know it's going to be a um, interesting series for the Marlins. Um, hopefully, they win at least some games. And yes, we did play them already. Sorry, a three-game series, but that was the only time we played them already. Um, and we won two out of three in that series. So hopefully, we can do that again. And Lasandra, that's your prediction for the same as last time. So it's going to be interesting to see what the uh, Marlins can do in that series, and um, you know, hopefully we can get it done and uh, we play well. All right. So now let's uh, get into a different topic here, guys. As we're going to change gears just a little bit here from the look ahead, uh, I want to talk a little bit about the draft more. And I know I said my thing about Bobby Witt, but I really don't think he's going to fall all the way to the fourth overall pick this year in the draft. And I it's, I think it's going to be really tricky to get him. So looking at who's available, and Miami wants an experienced bat, I've been hearing stuff about. And a position that we really need for right now is a young first baseman with power. And any player with power, really. We need someone who's going to hit the ball and hit for home runs, not for average or not for speed and contact. We need someone who's going to hit some home runs for us. And I think the perfect guy really could be Andrew Vaughn. And I'm really hoping he falls. I'm not too sure he will. Um, but Andrew Vaughn would be a really nice guy to get um, in this year's draft. Um, you know, coming out of college um, would be a great guy coming out of California. Um, 21 years old, six foot two fourteen. Only 21 years old, and he has 60 hit, 60 power. Not very fast. He had a decent arm, decent field. Um, that 60 power is big. That's the power we're gonna. That's like really what we need on this team is some power. And um, you know him. Just he can just work his way through the minors and go quick. Uh, be really great to see. And um, yeah. You know, and this year currently he's got a 169. He has 169 at bats. He got 15 home runs and 49 RBIs with a 3.85 average in college. And last year he had 23 total home runs with a 4.02 average. He's absolutely raking in college. This would be a great pickup to get for the Marlins. What do you think, Osanza? Um, I'm not a big follower of college baseball. I'm going to be honest with you. But what, mm-hmm. what, with what you've just told me, um, well, you've told the podcast, um, he really sounds like a like somebody the fish the fish would need. Like you were saying earlier, we we have we have all this. We have people like Brian Anderson that's going to give us contact and and batting for average. Not not a not a home run hitter. Um. We have we're gonna have people like Monte Harrison, who also I believe is a more like of a contact hitter, the Mesa brothers. We what we need, like you said, we need we need power, and 
any pop in, in, in the bat. They need a four-hole hitter. Um, I I definitely see with 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 all the the stats you just gave us. Um, I see this guy could be a prob probably a, a good piece for the fish to to try and, and draft. Uh, for the fish, especially since we don't we we're not certain who our our future first baseman could be. So yeah, Nick, I I think that would that wouldn't be a a bad person to draft. Mhm. Yeah, it'd be a um, nice pick, I think, especially. Um... You know, he could really take the team far. Hopefully, he uh, turns out to be a great player for us. Remember, he's only in college, so there's really not much uh, on the guy. But uh, we're definitely going to be counting on him this season to do well. And if we draft him, and Miners going to be counting on him to do very well. So hopefully, he um, come out there and do his thing. All right. So, yeah, that's uh, what, I, what our opinions are about him. Just a couple of draft guys. Bobby Witt really would have been a nice pick, I do think. I did like him for uh, a period of time now. I still do like him. I just think there's a bigger need for the Marlins at this point in time. So, um, I just, again, I just don't think that, um, you know, the fit is really there right now due to Jose Devers right now playing the way he is, and I don't think he will be available either. But Jose Devers are playing the way he is now. There's really no need to draft another shortstop. Um, but, again, if he is there, though, and they take him, I will not be upset about that. Um, I would understand the move. And, I, and it, frankly, it wouldn't be a terrible move. Anybody, really, because we're in the fourth spot. We really can't mess this up. Because, you know, I really didn't agree with last year's pick and Connor Scott. I uh, really want a Brady, really Brady finger, and look what he's doing right now in the minors. So, uh, hopefully we don't take another outfielder. I really don't want to get another one. We're pretty loaded in outfielders right now in our farm, and I really don't want to keep wasting um, picks on outfielders. Um, I just don't think it's the right move for us. And, uh, Lissandro, I don't know if you agree or not. What do you think? Yeah. Nick, I definitely definitely agree with you. I think that's the position where we are mostly, like, stacked up with in the future, like you mentioned, Connor Scott. Um, we have also players like the Mesa brothers or, or Monte Harrison. We still have Louis Brinson, who's developing more, I guess you can say. He's, he's improving in AAA. Um, we have all these, all these players in the outfield that we, sh- we shouldn't keep on getting more and more and more. Or we can use an infield spot, maybe first base, or actually first base is what I think we're, our, our key place. You're saying shortstop we have for the future. We have somebody like Jose Devers or Hison Diaz. So, and catcher we have um, Will Banfield. Like, we we have our, we have future, future players except for his base. Definitely don't think, definitely hope I definitely hope that we don't get another outfielder. That's like the one position I hope, hope we don't get at all. Um, like we, like you said, we're stacked. So, yeah, hopefully, like we don't get another outfielder. Yeah, nothing against them either. It's just um, you know we I think I feel like we have um, too much of them, and we really just have to focus on the guys we have now. So, you know, we just won't focus on developing those guys. Instead of uh, grabbing more um, outfielders as well. Right. Yeah, so there's some guys there again looking at for the Marlins, and you know the draft's coming up really soon, and you know I think the Marlins really have to be ready to go for it. They can't be messing around. They need to be, you know, they need to be on the go for that. And Lissandro, uh, let me ask you one more question here about the draft. Do you like? Do you think? Next year, not this year, next year, do you think we're going to be ending up with the number one overall pick? Um, Nick, how the season's going? I, I, really, I really do think so. Um, I really do think we'll, we'll end up with the first pick. Um, I mean, I'm going to be honest, in the beginning of the season, the beginning, like, opening day type, like, that, that early I didn't think we were going to be able to get the first pick. I didn't think we were going to start off this 
like this badly or this rough. I I thought the team at the Orioles would would be would be around there or the Royals, but um, if this season continues how it's going, I I really don't. I really I really do believe we'll get the first the first pick of the draft, which is not a bad thing. In the sense that we'll be getting another, another, uh, we'll probably be getting a high prospect, um, from college. But like that, that just like mean we had a really bad season. But if we're rebuilding, that it's expected. So, yeah, I do think so. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Good answer there. Um, I do think we'll be ending up with the number one overall pick as well. Um, you know, just it's just it's gonna come, in my opinion. So, you know, just it, it you know, we're not playing like like we we were coming into here most likely going to be getting the number one overall pick. Us and the uh, Orioles is down to, and um, as right now, if we, if we continue to play the way we are playing, yes, we will be having the number one overall pick. Um. I mean, of course, I want us to win, but at the same time, the number one overall pick could also be a big factor for us and for the near future of the team. So, in some cases, um, I'm happy about it. At the same time, I'm not. I'd never want to see my team lose. And so, right, I mean, at this, at, like right now, we're really not competing for anything. So, there really wouldn't be a reason to um, to start winning now. But yeah, that's. You know, I think we will actually end up being the number one overall pick team. And unfortunately, that's that. But, yeah. But before we get into our next topic here, we're going to head into a break. And um, we'll be talking uh, more about the, the the future of the team as we will be getting into some prospect talk here in a little bit. So we'll be back right after this short break. Hello, everyone. This is Sal from the Amazing Mets podcast. I hope everyone tunes in this Thursday to listen to me and Tim talk about all Mets. We're going to be talking about the Mets' offensive and defensive struggles, Mickey Callaway's job being in jeopardy, and also Joanna Cespedes getting another injury, injuring his ankle in, at his ranch in Florida. So don't forget, guys, this Thursday, tune in, listen to us, me and Tim, all Mets baseball, nothing else. I'll let you guys go back to this show, but don't forget, this Thursday, Mets. Amazing Mets podcast. Okay. We are back here from the break. Um, so, yeah, let's just talk a little bit about um, about the prospects here, about how some of them have been doing um, going into this uh, new year. And you've been seeing a lot of promise from a lot of players out there, especially from Jose Devers, who I continue to rave about, who I really, really am a big fan of. Um, and I really just love seeing that. But, Lissandra, let's get started on with you first. I think I'm stealing the mic here a little bit. Um, talk about who is your favorite prospect in the farm and why. My favorite prospect, um, are you asking me pitching-wise or, or batting-wise? Um, out of any of them. All right. Um, my favorite pitching prospect, I mean, my favorite possibly in general is going to be a pitcher. Um, I think we've talked about him before, but I just got to say, I did not expect this from him. Um, Zach Gallen. Um, I've just been amused, like mind blown, into the sense that he was in a, a key key piece in this Cardinals trade for Osuna, and he's. Looked this year fantastic. Um, he has um, five wins and one loss. He started in nine games. He has one complete game. Um, and his ERA right now is at 1.97. He's pitched um, 60 innings. That's outstanding. Um, I've been extremely, extremely surprised by him this year. And I, and I really hope he continues to 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 play like this. Um, Zach Allen, yeah, it has to be. Shema has to be Zach Allen. I'm very excited to see him in the big leagues for sure. Yeah, Zach Allen has definitely been tearing it up um, down there. But he did get rocked that other night. 
um, down there in the Myers, letting up a lot of runs. Um, but you know, it's, it's gonna happen. It's just one start, so you can't don't really to anybody out there. You know, we can't really um, bash them down for that. Um, against the Iowa Cubs, I believe was that started there. But yeah, I like Zach Gallon. I do think he could do a lot for the Marlins. And yeah, letting up five run runs, he did have ten strikeouts, even though letting up those runs which is absolutely remarkable job by him. But Lissandra, yeah, I'm a big fan of Zach Gallon. I really think he could do good for this franchise, um, and hopefully he does uh, moving forward for the Marlins. And um, yeah, I, I just think he can be a um, uh, a good player for us in the future, and hopefully he will be uh, when he gets up here. But, yeah, my turn there, and I know Jose Devers was the big guy there. I'm not going to – he is one of my favorite prospects, and I don't know how he cannot be for anybody out there. He's just shortstop, which we all love shortstops. Playing 331 right now in, in single-A ball, um, doing absolutely fantastic. But, you know, another guy I really am a big fan of is Sixto Sanchez, um, doing pretty good right now in double-A. Uh, two starts there, striking on nine guys. Um, touched 97 in his last start. This is a guy I really like. Sixto Sanchez can bring this team to a whole other level when he is called up. I do believe it. I do think he has what it takes to make it to the major league level. Um, this is, you know, he has he has the tools to be a good hitter. And, yeah, Lissandra, do you think he's uh, a future centerpiece for us in the near future? Um. Rafael Devers, um, yeah. Jose Devers. I, oh, Jose Devers, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's <laughs> the um, uh, player of Boston, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> Jose Devers, yeah. Um, I do I do think he could be a future starting shortstop. Um, I don't I don't see JT Riddle um, being our future shortstop. Maybe maybe a backup, maybe like. They had some starts, uh, but I definitely how um, Jose Devers has been playing. Um, I really, I really do believe that um, he, if he continues improving like this, um, there's no doubt that he'll he'll be our starting shortstop in the in the near future. Um, he's shown a lot of improvements since last year, so that that's um, the key thing we want to see. So. Definitely. I definitely agree with, with you on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I want to see a lot from um, Jose Devers. And, yeah, I don't believe J.T. Riddle is our, our big guy either. Uh, I do like him on the roster for now. Um, he is in trouble. But Miguel Ross is our starter right now. So, hopefully, um, he can do, continue to do what he's doing right now. But, um, yeah, I just don't see it, uh, unfortunately. But, yeah, that's one prospect I like there. But, Going on the pitching side of things, Zach, besides Zach Gallon, uh, Jorge Guzman, I do like as well, but I do think he will be a closer in the future. Um, another pitcher I really am a big fan of uh, this year, uh, besides Zach Gallon, is uh, Trevor Rogers, who I've, I'm liking his what he's been doing in single A as well. But I know these all these prospect talks, uh, we're just waiting for them to get the call up to the majors, and it's really just I know it's probably frustrating you guys, like you know why can't we see uh, any of these guys sooner? And, you know, I, I just believe that he can be uh, a good guy. And I remember when we drafted him, too, I was very, very excited uh, for that pick. And, yeah, let's talk about Victor Victor Mesa as well. I know Lissandra's a big fan of him. Uh, what do you expect from Victor Victor Mesa in the near future, Lissandra? Yeah, Nick, um, I'm a very big fan of Victor Victor Mesa. You know, I'm, I'm Cuban, and I was very happy to see him um, get – it's signed by the Marlins. Um, I I see Victor Victor Massa if he if he keeps on improving. Um, he's currently in the Double A um, athlete of the Marlins. Um, I'm very excited to see to see him keep on improving and and showing us why we why we traded away um, players like like uh, Barraclaw and. Yeah, we traded players like Barraclaw for for international for international bonus money. Uh, I'm very excited to 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 see him um, just evolve and thrive. I believe in the in the minor league system. 
to then one day uh, be, I, I believe he could be in our future, he could be like a a first hole hitter or two um, batting for us. He has good contact, still has not hit a home run yet. Wait, no. He has, I believe. I, mm, I, no, he, he hasn't. He's just been hitting, yeah. Has to. Well, trying to see stats, but... Um, no, he has not hit a home run yet. He's just, um, I really, I really, I really think he could be that, that first or second hole hitter to get on base for our three or three or four. Um, I really, I really believe he has the stuff to be, uh, one of our, our, our best outfielders in the future, along with Monte Harrison. And we also have his brother who's only 17, I, I, I believe. Yeah. He's like the same age as me, basically. It's crazy to to think to think like that um I I I I see both of them uh being being uh amazing players for us in the future. Yeah, we can only hope uh for both of them, the Mesa brothers here. And we can only hope that those two become um big pieces for us in the future. Um but yeah, you know, down to our last ten minutes here. Um let's talk I really want to talk more about the Mets series coming up in that series that we just had. I just really want to say how proud I am of Miami and of Don Mattingly for making the adjustments um, to that. And I, I just, you know, I'm very, really, really happy that how, how um, everybody played for the Marlins, especially the bats too. Um, but, yeah, Lissandra, let me just get your thoughts about what you think the rotation is going to look like next year. Tell me the five guys you believe, you don't have to say it in order, but tell me the five guys you believe will be starting in our rotation next season. Nick, for sure, for sure. I see Caleb Smith, uh, Pablo Lopez, and Jose Reina. No, not Jose Reina. Sandy Alcantara. Um, those three are for sure, for sure. I'm a bit skeptical about Renya. I'm not sure. I wouldn't see any reason why not why um, I feel like Prime sort of say um, he's, I believe it's maybe time to like maybe in the off season if we don't do it in the trade deadline in the off season maybe trade him for another pros- more prospects. Um I I don't I don't really see him staying much longer on this team. Um don't get me wrong, like Jose Reno, I, I I really like him as a as a player but I don't really see him fitting in to this rotation soon. And about Trevor Richards, um I I just ha- uh I really like Trevor Richards. He's actually one of my my favorite pitchers on this on this line in this rotation. But he's not looked like himself like last year, this year. Um, I really hope he can turn it around. Um, do I think he'll turn it around? Yes, I I I, I think so. I see him getting uh next year a spot rotation. But if he stays like this, I'm not too sure. Um, I'd like to now, for my other spot, I have players like Zach Gannon, like I mentioned before, or mm-hmm. uh, Nick Knight, or I'm, not, I'm pretty sure, of course, you've probably heard of him um, in a AAA system. Um, I think one, one of them, too, I think more uh, Zach Gannon. That all depends on on how he pitches, um, how he how he pitches. I guess I I believe that we'll call him up in September, and I believe and I well I think how depends on how he plays in September will be a, and how he pitches next spring will be if he makes the the rotation or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely some interesting pieces there. 
And uh, going off a little bit of what you said there, as my rotation, I do see Jose Urania actually coming back for one more year, but I do not see him as the opening day starter. I do see if you keep Caleb Smith on the team, I see him as the opening day starter. Alcantara will be the second. Pablo Lopez will be the third. Jose Urania will be the fourth. And then with the call-up of Zach Gallon, I see him. I don't want to rush him in. I see him as the fifth starter in the rotation. I think that would be really ideal if we can go in with that strong, young rotation there. That would really be um, big there for the Marlins. So, um, you know, hopefully we can get that rotation going into that. And then I, I don't want to overload you here, but what about the uh, what about the potential lineup uh, coming in here? You don't have to, I have to say the lineup, maybe uh, the depth chart of what you see, catcher, first base, uh, any position, who do you see the starters in? Um, who I see to start in next year, um, for sure, uh, Brian Anderson, as he will keep on being our, our key, a key, um, player to, to build around. So for sure, uh, we keep, uh, Brian Anderson. Um, we, I think we'll see, um, obviously Jorge Alfaro will be our key um, catcher because uh, he's who we got in our trade for Rambudo. Um, those two are for sure. For sure. Now, this is where it gets kind of like not complicated, but interesting, sort to say. Um, I think we'll have, I think Miguel Rojas will come back for another year. Definitely probably be our starter again at uh, shortstop. Um, I think we'll we'll have Garrett Cooper either playing first base or right field next year. Um, for left field, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe Austin Dean gets a call up again. Maybe, uh, maybe Harold Ramirez uh, has a good season in the major league, in the big leagues. Maybe he stays next year in the left field. Um, I believe Lewis Brinson will be back again next year as our starting center fielder for opening day. Uh, I really believe he'll, I, I believe he'll be get, he'll get called up soon this year. Um, for second base, depending if we trade starting Castro, um, I, I could see Ethan Diaz getting called up maybe next year. I wouldn't want to rush him, but I definitely would see, uh, I do see, uh, Ethan Diaz getting called up, uh, next year um, Peter O'Brien I believe also be the, in the lineup next year also depends on if you're using a first base right field um, uh, I don't see Monte Harrison just yet making opening day roster next year maybe we'll get called up next year around like halfway I don't see him starting off this season though I, I definitely don't want to rush him definitely don't at all um, I think I've named every position. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, yeah. Um, he, he's uh, I, I, doing a pretty good, decent lineup there. Uh, and um, quick question yeah. for you, Nick. Where do you see, because um, um, your your batters, or your pitching, I mean, where do you see Trevor Richards next year? Do you see him in the AAA? Do you see him in the bullpen? Uh, it's really hard for me at this point in time. I do not check. I really do not see him um, on this team anymore. I do think he's a solid starter, but I just don't see the fit anymore. I think we may be moving him at the deadline is a prediction I'm going to make here, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Caleb Smith, not Caleb Smith, Trevor Richards is a very solid pitcher, but I do see moving him at the deadline could be a potential thing. But, yeah, that's going to do today here on the Mullen Catch Podcast. And one question I keep getting constantly is why haven't you brought in any players for the Marlins to be interviewed? And the reason is I know they are very busy due to the season right now, but we are going to try very hard in the upcoming weeks maybe to get some players on here, especially during the All-Star break. We remember when we had Dan Straley on here, Mackenzie Mills, Pablo Lopez is on here. Um, a lot of players were on here, and it would just be really good to get them on here again. But without further ado, Lissandro, uh, thank you so much again for coming in. And next week will be your final episode of here, unfortunately, but we will be discussing the draft. Benson, thank you very much for the questions. And everybody else, thank you very much. And one more thing, 
Make sure to head over to the baseballpodcastnetwork.com to check out your Lewis Brinson t-shirt and go to stubyard.com, promo code BPN10, take 10% off any order. Without further ado, we're going to end it here. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. The Marlins Catch is produced by Benson Fexer. The Marlins Catch is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram, Nick, at Marlins Double Underscore News, and Lissandro, at The Marlins Universe. Follow The Marlins Catch on Instagram, at The Marlins Catch. For more of The Marlins Catch content, be sure to head over to their website, at TheMarlinsCatch.com. And for more Baseball Podcast Network content, head over to BaseballPodcastNet.com. Follow the official Baseball Podcast Network social media platforms. Instagram, Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter, at Baseball Podcast One. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to the Marlins Catch. We'll see you next time.